Today, all over the world, there are thousands of Sino-Soviet intelligence agents with money to burn, looking for unsuspecting targets for exploitation among members of our forces. Have you read your 30 socialist books today, Josh? Well, if you haven't read 30 socialist books today, guess what? You're not part of the left. Pop quiz. Name five of Warren's plans, Matt. Go. Uh, she wants to sit down with insurance companies. She said socialism will never win. She's a woman. She goes in the cube, and she's detracting from Bernie Sanders. Those are all valid points. You pass the test. You are, in fact, on the left. At least left of center. Left of left center. Of um... This is episode eight, if I'm correct, uh, for if we have any new n- listeners, which I highly doubt. Yeah. My name's Josh. Um, I'm joined by... Matthew. Yeah, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, around the office, we call him Matt because we're, you know, we're on a personal basis here. Please. Matthew was my father. You can call me Matt. Very good. Very good. Um, I finally got around to putting up the YouTube channel of... Uh, about two months in, you know, figured it was time to make that YouTube money just as YouTube is a dying platform. Yeah, our non-monetized YouTube channel making us billions of dollars. Billions upon billions. We are the 1%. Um, so today we're going to talk about, well, first, uh, being on the left, we have to talk about the revolution that's going on and will continue to happen until there's blood running through the streets. Um <laughs> And so we already saw on Twitter that, you know, it was proposed that the first people to die or per- first people to get sent to the gulag were going to be athletes or people who work out. I think it was the particular one. Yeah. So we um, there's been this growing weird subset of leftists who are public leftists or, you know, at least publicized. And they are, um, you know, these types of people who. Are, they're, they're into socialism for the theatrics of it. They're, they're more or less like, they're kind of tanky in their beliefs. They believe that like we should have a revolution and we should send people to the gulag and we should, you know, get, uh, throw them into the cube, like the, against the wall, like they're, they're gone. And they have these really weird, um, they have these really weird criterion for people uh, who are going to the gulag. And this one guy... Um, and you know, if this is a podcast where we did research, but we don't, uh, this one guy was like, Oh, the first thing that we do in a socialist revolution is we're putting all athletic people into a gulag. They're the first ones to go. And I looked at that. And as a guy who goes to the gym five times a week, usually four to five times a week, um, and loves to go, I was like, shit, I guess I'm dying as part of the revolution. I'm working class. I'm socialist. Like, I'm ready to create a communist utopia in America, but I guess I have to die because that's what socialism is, is is being a nerdy fuck. So I I kind of get his thought process here. You, you know, the the working class does not have time to go to the gym, Matt. And so if you have time and leisure time to go to the gym, that makes you bougie. If you have the disposable income to pay your $15 a month Planet Fitness membership or whatever it is, then that's excess income that you obviously didn't earn. Um, That makes you bougie and worthy of death. And so, (laughs) Matt, um, 
I don't know if we can have you on the pod anymore because you're obviously in the one percent. Well, these so what's hilarious about this whole thing are these these people and they've been doing it for a while. They're like fat, like nerdy fucks who like never want to run. They never want to just go to the gym and like it's 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 like they they're they're the fedora tipping milady people who all they do is like play fucking video games and they are socialists purely for the theatrics of it. Like I said. And they have this weird thought process where that, like, yeah, all the, uh, you know, the far right go and work out and all the, the, the capitalists go and work out and all this stuff. And it's like, dude, there, there's an entire subreddit called r slash proletariat who is literally just, like, talking about how we need to work out so, like, you can fight the capitalists and the Nazis, right? And that's, that's something that, like, these guys fantasize. It's the same mindset as, like... Um, fat nerds thinking about Antifa, right? Like going, oh, like, yeah, like we should go beat up some Nazis. It's like, dude, you go, you get winded from walking up the steps of your mother's basement to go get a Hot Pocket. Like what the fuck you, you're going to fight Nazis? What, what are you talking about? I think, uh, I, you know, I definitely don't agree that athletes or people who work out are going to be the first ones to go. They are, they are going to go. You got to admit, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people going you know, either to death or gulag or whatever we're going to call it. Definitely not concentration camps. We can't use that word here. Yeah. Um, so we've come up with, a, uh, you know, it's a working list. We can tweak it as the years go by. But I would like to propose that maybe the first people to go to the gulags are liberal journos. Yeah. P- potentially. You know, what do you think about that? Matt? Um, definitely uh, managerial class liberal feminists. They're, they're the first to go. Um, you know, the, the people who... Um, uh, who definitely don't understand the left at all. They they're just in it for. They've never had to work a day in their life, like a real job, right? And I'm not, journalism's a, a real job. I'm not saying it's not. Well, I'm just saying like <laughs> a working class, like blue collar job, like working in a factory or working in the service industry. They never had to do that. So like they just went to college, you know, chilled. Like the either their parents paid for it or they got enough money to like go to college and then they like graduated college and immediately got a job writing for a magazine, you know, those types of people. Um, and I, I think today we have a very special guest actually. Oh, Oh really? Oh, bring him on in. Come on, come on in. Hold on. Do you hear that? Yeah. Come on in. Come on in. Listen, this is a problem with these liberal Bernie Sanders. Yes. it's, It's me. Bernie Sanders, when you are a human and you work for a living writing these op-eds about me, you're going to the gulag when I am president. Yeah, if you wrote a single hit piece on Bernie, slided him in one tweet, gulag, go, start packing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Thanks, Bernie. See ya. Bernie, once again, you know, the budget, we just used the entire year budget on Bernie Sanders (laughs) right now. Um, We had to donate to his campaign, you know, for legal reasons. But I I would like to also, uh, you know, maybe the second or third people to go to Gulag is the uh, U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. Sure. Uh, Specifically, Megan Rapinoe. You know, I, I get... You want to be paid the same as the men. You've won four World Cups. The men didn't even qualify for the World Cup. You know, you know I'm just sick of it. I, the, the women's team is going to the gulag. There's a, there's a great um, video, and it's by this uh, 
comedian. I can't remember her name, but she, she makes some pretty good uh, videos, but she was talking about like me explaining to my boyfriend why women should definitely get paid less. And it's talking about the, the soccer team. And she's like, no, honey, listen, like we, you know, when we hire a man who's an electrician, like he comes over and that he's fixing our, our electricity. That's an electrician. But see, like when we hire a woman, it's a woman electrician. Like, what do you not understand about this? Like, so it's like, it's like when we kick a ball, it's soccer. But when a woman kicks a ball, it's woman's soccer. What, what are you not understanding about this? Yeah, no, they, they definitely should be paid less. I, they could win every single World Cup from now until the end of the days. They're still going to be paid less. And I'm just like, why pay them at all? Gulag, <laughs> there you go. Problem solved. I think that was in Capital Volume 2 where Mark said that. Yes, no, very astute. Yeah, because we read. We read a lot. He said, he said that uh, athletic people... Uh, the liberal feminist class, the U.S. women's soccer team. Because the, the U.S. women's soccer team is like the perfect merger of liberalism and uh, athletes. You know, it's like <laughs> the penultimate version of that. So instantly, Gulag, you know, Megan Rapino, maybe public execution could be arranged. Yeah, the guillotine or whatever. Yeah, so like, obviously we're taking the piss, right? But the whole thing well, about... Well, speak for yourself. Yeah. Um, but there's like this rising thing on on like especially i mean it's twitter discourse right but there's this like rising thing in twitter discourse where these people are defining like what it is to be socialist right and it's like this weird definitely not like in class analysis definitely not in like any um you know actual like practical applications of socialism it's like this super aesthetic thing like um, the guy a while back, he actually got shit on. He's the um, podcaster. He's part of a podcast called Dead Poet Society or Dead uh, Pundits Society, right? And he's he's a socialist, and he said, "I don't think you can truly be a socialist until you've at least read Mar- like read the relevant literature. Like, uh, like I can't remember how many books he specified. I read a couple books on on socialism, and then spent five years thinking about it. Oh my! And People rightfully crapped on him and they said, well, like the working class, like the people who would be the proletariat in this situation who are would be socialists, they, they, they don't normally read socialist literature. Like you just kind of make sense to them and go, most hey. Americans don't read at all. Yeah. You just kind of say like, hey, listen, like this is the idea, you know, like, hey, do you hate. Do you hate getting robbed? Well, guess what? You're getting robbed on a massive scale. Like maybe we need to do something about it. And and um, you know those types of people aren't are aren't the the aesthetically pleasing people, right? Like it's not you're not um you know you're not exercising uh, socialist principles by being like woke necessarily because capitalists can be woke, i.e. like women bosses and and um you know like african-american like rihanna members of the u.s women's national soccer team yeah rihanna who like used uh reebok instead of nike because they like had a more women yeah stuck it to them there you go power of the people yeah you know so it's just this weird like subset of uh very loud a minority in in uh, Twitter and yeah, d- well, I wouldn't even say necessarily minority on Twitter. It it seems to be just this common theme you see throughout, and maybe uh, defined by Twitter. I think the the Twitter left 
is definitely like a real thing. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the schisms and the different camps of the left, you know, we mentioned the, the term, you know, it's kind of nerdy. Uh, a lot of people on the left are very nerdy. I think you could have, you could have the nerdy cause I, I think you would consider yourself nerdy left. Yeah. But I also think you have this mixed in with that. There's another subsection, uh, and you kind of hinted to it is like this elitist left. Yeah. That, um, for some reason despises the average working person, mm-hmm. um, and sees himself as so much better and so much superior because yeah. they've read all of Marx and they've read Lenin well, and all that. It's also like, so I was, I actually, um, unfollowed him recently, but, um, so like, you know, I'm a big fan of like bread tube, right? Like, like the mm-hmm. contra points and philosophy tube and stuff. But actually, I had to um, unfollow um, Sean, right? He's part of that thing. And he just kept tweeting out this, like, the stupidest shit where, like, he's talking about, um, you know, like, the the, the Nas boys and the, the Proud boys or whatever. And yeah. He said something like, you need to, like, milkshaking is good, actually, and you need to, like, teach these, like, little idiots that, like... Um, you know, their views are wrong, right? Like their, their views are like objectively wrong. And it's like, no, like that's not how you, you talk to, to like disenfranchise like Jordan Peterson fans, right? Like you don't talk to those types of people and you don't say you're just a little shit and you're wrong and you need to get like, you need to get beat up or whatever. You need to talk to the people like they're people and then, you know, kind of like let them come over to your side, right? And I'm not saying like, I'm not saying that we should let like Nazis Nazism run unfettered, right? Obviously, but like saying that they're little shits and and just objectively wrong, like that is such a that's from such a place of um like intellectual superiority. Like I, it's that episode of South Park. Like I feel like Sean just like farted in his cup and smelled it. Like it's just such a yeah that weird righteous anger. You, you know, it doesn't really have a place. So it's not going to change anybody's minds. It's it's only going to solidify you know your base, but you're not going to gain any new members by doing that. Yeah. Um, it, the the thing I find interesting is that with these, like, a- anger is an important part of any change, any progress. Mm-hmm. You have to have angry because, as we saw in the 2016 election. You know, when people are passive and don't care, they're not going to vote for a candidate and a base, no matter how odd it might be. If they're, you know, if they have a reason to go out to the polls, they're going to go because it's an emotional thing. Like, I think you can't get away from how emotions dictate a lot of what we do. Yeah. And so you can tell somebody, oh, hey, you're getting screwed over. But if they never get angry about it, they're never going to change. And so... I, you you see this odd anger coming from like Sean, but the direction is downward. You yeah. know you're punching down when really everybody, regardless of your ideology, should be punching up, and your anger should be focused in that direction. Well, because it, regardless, mm-hmm. and I'll let you get in here in a second. Regardless, is whether you're on the right or the left. Like you have to admit it's the people above you it's the ruling class that is screwing everyone over and it's a class division it ultimately is going to come down to a class division until people recognize that you know it's so that's the part that's so interesting about trump and his supporters is that his supporters see him as like superior 
Mm-hmm. And and they they don't realize that he's screwing them over. You know, he's part of the problem. Yeah. Um, he's not going to offer any solutions. Right. He's he's um they they thought he was changed, but unfortunately he just he's just another capitalist. Like he does want the status quo to remain the same, right? Um, and these people, what I was going to say was these like people like Sean and, and people like him who are, you know, like we said, punching down, they're not looking at structurally what's wrong, right? Cause they're, they're fine. Like they're not, they might be like more left-leaning and they might be so uh, even socialists, but the problem is like, ultimately at the end of the day, they don't really want anything to change, right? They're not trying to take on, uh, or they're, they're not comment or at least commenting mm-hmm. on like the capitalist overlords, right? Like, and I know that sounds, that sounds nerdy, but the, the, yeah. the capitalists, right. Mm-hmm. They're not commenting on that because they're, they're too busy, you know, um, which is, it is a problem. They're, they're commenting on Nazis, right. And Nazis are a problem. I do not believe the whole, like, you know, if you were to like group us like into a category of leftists, right. Yeah. You could, we were closer to the dirtbag left than, than not. Mm-hmm. But the thing is like, in my own personal opinion, I do think Nazis are a problem, right? And I think they should be handled a certain way, right? But the way that these performatively woke leftists are classifying people, right? They're they're going from the dirt, like people who are in the dirtbag left, Chapo, Red Scare, um, Cumtown, right? They're saying, oh, they're crypto fascists. And that gives them a right to, to say on Twitter, like, I, I showed you this Peter Peter Solar guy, right? He, yeah. he believes that all of them are crypto fascists. They're Strasserites, right? And he believes that um, you should go and punch them, right? And they're definitely not. They're just yeah. anti-woke. They're kind of contrarian, right? They're contrarian leftists. Um, and I, I like, if, if there's a march like in Charlottesville, right? Like the, the um, Nazis are marching. I believe that you should have a counter protest. And if things do physically get violent, like I believe that you should be able to punch a Nazi, right? But the thing is, when you're fine with punching every single Nazi, regardless of like if they're like actually marching and saying I'm a Nazi, right? Mm-hmm. Re- like this girl, like Peter Stoller, he, he tweeted out about this girl who was um, kind of like a, one of those like uh, hot mean leftist girls right the best kind of woman yeah and he's you know he's like a fucking nerdy neckbeard newsboy cap wearing scraggly beard looking motherfucker right and he's like part of the dsa and he's like this girl shits on the dsa she's a strass right she's a crypto fascist like definitely not right and he's saying all this shit and he's like you need to go punch her and it's like or he didn't say punch he's like if comrades she's in this place you know what to do and it's like you're inciting violence, dude, against like a woman, too, right? Like the it's funny because like you reckon like you see the the truth in their lies, where these woke people, right, are just as bad as the anti woke people they're talking about, right? Because hitting like saying anything mean to a woman that's sexist, but if she's a Nazi, you can beat the shit out of her and it's fine. According to these people, it's like, you know, one thing you got me thinking over here, uh, which, you know, I rarely think. So this is amazing. But it, it does definitely play into the whole 
dilemma because when you when you lump everybody in as the Nazi, then what the right does is say, oh, look, see, they call everybody a Nazi. So when they call, you know, Dave Rubin or Jordan Peterson a Nazi, then they're obviously, you know, just throwing that term out there and it doesn't yeah. mean anything. And most people get really turned off by that. Yeah. And they're going to lean to the right because the right's saying free speech, you know, we're not going to call you a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, Nazis, Nazism isn't really a problem. And I, I think, I think the reason why Bernie is so exciting is because he's a candidate who can actually excite the, the base of America. You know, the average American can listen to Bernie. He's easy to understand his points are very clear, and I think you know if he gets that energy around him of the average American, which is the person he's genuinely trying to reach, he can definitely win off of that vote. And I think we just, you know, as a newcomer to left, I don't want to use the term us, the left, but I think the left's biggest dilemma right now is getting bogged down in these small sectional warfare like specifically inside the left with other left if it's like you know why the republicans are so powerful right because one man speaks for everybody and they all come to the same exact idea well democrats like i i think um one of the ideas that's been floated around um it, with the red scare girls is democrats are like addicted to losing right it's like this weird like drive almost to lose because like so you have uh, Republicans, right? And you do have like little sections of Republic, like different, like right. Yeah, people, it's still right? fractured because you have like you know Nazis, you have like nationalists, you have you know different sections. Good old classical conservative. Yeah, and and uh, you know like the right hated Trump, right? Everyone on the right hated Trump, and then he won, mm-hmm. right? Because um, he actually represented change. And the thing is, like, when you're the Democrats, when you're the left party in the United States, and you have a choice to elect a candidate who who could probably beat Trump, who um, actually represents change, and you're not going to because you're, you, you want electability. You say, oh, maybe Joe Biden can beat Trump. But Joe Biden's the exact same thing. Like, he's, he's the same as Trump. He's, he's the status quo, right? And these people who are anybody but Bernie... Right. Don't make any sense to me, especially on the left. If you call yourself a socialist, I don't know how you can be any. uh, I don't know how you can pick anybody but Bernie. Right. You I think you'd have to pick Bernie as like a a, a socialist. Right. Because these people um, just hate his guts. The corporate Democrats despise him. Corporate journalists despise him. You know, it's because he he represents like a. And these people always talk about change, right? They they they're they're um they care about wokeness as long as they're upwardly mobile in the wokeness scale, right? So yeah, these people who are you know women or um, African American women or whatever who hate Bernie, I think honestly they hate Bernie because they're not the bourgeois class, right? They're not the bourgeoisie, and they hate. Bernie because he represents a threat to, to to their upward mobility, which they want to continue ascending, right? So the the thing about it is like they don't care about 
they don't care about the people they pretend to care about because at the end of the day, they see the working class as racist. Um, you know, they see them as uh, uh, misogynists, right? When the working class, it's just the working class. Like, it's just people who work for a living, right? Like, who, who um, you know, offer blood, sweat, and tears, you know, to, to the capitalists, yeah, and you know, you you watch these interviews with with real. We're talking about real people here, not these fake pundits that get pushed out in the front and pretend to speak for Americans. But like, you know, actual Americans, they're worried about very few things, but they're essential. You know, they're worried about job security. They're worried about their families. They're worried about food on the table. Outside of that, it's difficult to get them interested in other things. Mm-hmm. And I think when your message deviates, like the woke message just does not resonate with the average American. Because how does being woke help them put food on the table? How does woke make it so that their 40 hour week job actually provides for the family? Um, If you're telling a white construction worker about his privilege and you're yelling at him about his privilege as a person who graduated from college and you know, has probably a fifty, sixty thousand dollar a year job and you're telling this like coal miner from Virginia that he's privileged, like what the fuck are you talking about? Like the thing is, um they see it again performatively, right? Like it's and and it they do like white people in our society do enjoy a certain amount of privilege, right? I'm not saying that they don't. Yeah, yeah. Like, but but the thing about it is like when you div- like I would rather be I can't remember who said this. It was actually an African-American guy, but he said, I'd rather be a middle-class African-American man than a poor white man. And that's, it's true. Like, you know, you would rather be in the upper classes. No, you're definitely right. Um, And I think that the thing is, the arguments being made by a lot of left, especially Twitter leftists, they're intellectually correct. Like a lot of them are. And the, the theory is correct, but, you know, the the morality argument and the intellectual argument don't necessarily translate to real world situations and really speak to people. You know, you can like academic left, you can make as many good points and as many valid points as you want. Mm-hmm. But if you're not reaching actual Americans, then what is it for? What? You know, what's the point? And I, I think there's just such a huge disconnect between, you know, the academic, the elite, that l- sphere of the left and just real people. I think, you know, we're, we're seeing this resurgence of leftism, of, you know, the party, p- the Democratic Party pushing further left, which is really just progressive infiltrating the Democratic Party. Right. And so, but the thing is that that will die out if it doesn't get roots. Um, again, you know, not to harp on it too much, but that's why Bernie is so excited is because he can make what leftist ideas are. Main, he can make them mainstream. I saw this, I saw this tweet today and it was like, it, it made so much sense. It was, it was uh, kind of shocking how much sense it made. And it was like, I don't understand the people who hate, absolutely hate Bernie Sanders but are all in on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because she's basically like the only difference between her and Bernie Sanders is she's a millennial Latina 
And Bernie Sanders is, you know, an older Jewish man. She stands Bernie. You know, right. like he that's exactly what the, the tweet said. It's like she supports Bernie, right, on most of his things. Um, and she like a lot of her platform is Bernie's platform that he's been talking about for years, you know. And um, again, it's you know, it's part of this uh, part of this like increasing trend of they are they they're anybody but Bernie. And it's you know that he is going to get fucked out of the nomination again. You know it's going to happen because these people are like literally brain dead. Like they don't understand why we need someone like Bernie. And like I was telling you before the pod, when you're busy purging all like all voices, right? And I I don't believe that certain people shouldn't have a platform, right? Like Alex Jones, like I agree with deplatforming him and stuff like that. But once you start saying deplatforming everybody, you you know, deplatform Nazis, you can then move on to, you know, oh, these people are crypto fascists, so we need to deplatform them as well. And you know, the left uh, canceled Zizek, right? Like it's it's he's an important thinker on the left. He's a critic of the left, right? They canceled Nagel. They're canceling the Red Scare Girls and the Cum Boys, right? They're they're canceling all these people who are actually like critical and thinking of the movement, the leftward movement of American politics. Um, because at the end of the day, the people who are uh, you know cosplaying as socialists are just liberals in disguise. You know, it's like the oh, got shutters, yeah. Oh. And they're just like they're basically centrist. Like they the the change that they want is aesthetic change, and aesthetic change doesn't put food on the table. You know. Yeah. Um, the we can we can move on. We've beat this this horse. We'll we'll bring it up again in other pods. Because yeah, it's gonna come up until the day our Fuhrer Bernie is elected. We're gonna keep harping on this and keep version. <laughs> you know. Uh, humble brag, I just donated to Bernie's campaign, and if you're listening to the podcast, you totally should too, because he's not backed by corporate uh, donors. See, he's I backed even, by you and me. I haven't even donated to his campaign. Matt, you've read Marx, but you haven't donated to Bernie. <laughs> I, bet, I bet if you took all the money you bought on those books yeah. and put it towards Bernie's campaign, he would have won three elections ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did donate to Mike Gravel though the last because I wanted okay him on, yeah fair I, want, I wanted him on the debates I wanted the teens on the debate stage but oh the teens are gonna get there brother yeah Swallow will drop out so there's a fighting there's a fighting chance now we still need twenty because if anything we need uh the de- debate night one two yeah to come out on the stage <laughs> because if that like cluster wasn't fun enough let's see it again next week marianne and gravel just like fucking tag team gosh to- i i hope marianne makes it for the long haul because yeah. she is so refreshing to listen to and it's so weird how many like how many Bernie people like, and I think it, it, it is refreshing. It's so weird how many Bernie people you see are actually like standing her a little bit because she like, she's different. You know, she is kind of like the answer to Trump, right? She's it's because not, she's self-aware. She's yeah. self-aware. She understands the issues and it's like, holy crap, this like maniac, witch, yeah, actually understands the dilemma more than every politician on that stage. Minus Bernie. Um, so, Matt, something I want to talk about. Yes. And th- this kind of like the the work I'm about to enter the workforce as a professional, you know, I'm going to graduate this semester and I am like s- sort of scared to death, not in like working. That's not the problem. Yeah. It's more of 
not getting work. Uh, and yeah. it's like, and I'm I'm sure other college students can can sympathize with this. Is the idea like when you actually start looking on those job boards, it looks real slim. It, you know, yeah. the the pickings are bare, and the kind of jobs that are out there for college grads don't seem to be that great. Yeah, definitely the, not. It's the um so. Uh, here we go. Here's some nerdy left for you. Oh, um, hit me with it. Franco Berardi, right? An Italian uh, Marxist philosopher. He wrote a book called Heroes, and he, he's talking about it's uh, talking about mass murder and suicide. I talked about it on the pod before. Well, he talks about um, this precarity, precarity labor industry, and define precarity. So precariousness, right? Like it's it's essentially like living life on the edge, essentially. And so precarity labor is um, these comp- corporations, right, who are the only job suppliers are literally making you scared to, like, lose your job. So they're treating you worse because you're not a full-time employee with benefits that's been tenured in or whatever. You are at risk all times of losing your job and it's called precarity labor right uber um you know is a big uh, industry of that they don't give their employee benefits they barely give them eight dollars an hour they don't give them any protection um you know in a lot of different industries like like cole was talking about like adjunct professorships right there's more and more adjunct professors and less and less tenure track professors and it's not because they don't have the money to to pay the professors it's because they want to hire somebody that they can bully around so that you don't have to like you have to play ball with them or you'll lose your job right and and because you can't fire a tenure track professor professor or you can't fire a man that's been at the company for 30 years you know what i'm saying like, without like do just cause and right like yeah it, it, it's harder you know it's, it's it's harder to bully those types of people mm-hmm. um and so he actually posited the idea that precarity labor is leading to more and more depression uh more mass more murder and more suicide just one of the contributing factors of it and what you were saying and it's 100 percent true college grads are coming out of college like you're told all throughout your life just go to college get your four-year degree come out and you'll have a job right yeah and that's happening less and less especially in jobs that are actually like emotionally rewarding right like <laughs> Like yeah. for, for different people, because not everyone's going to be a, um, a, a nurse, not everyone's mm-hmm. going to be a dentist or, or whatever, like those types of healthcare jobs that are always around, you know, like um, Cole, like friend of the pod, Cole, he wants to be a teacher. I want to be a teacher, right? Uh, a professor. And that's, that's a really hard industry to break into. You know, it's a really hard industry to get into because, um, you know, it's like people are staying in their tenure track, track positions and there's no more and and you know unfortunately for me and cole we're both good at humanities we both love humanities and you know we're not we're not math whizzes you know so we're not gonna get hired lickety split yeah it truly is the age of the contract worker you know there's benefits for but the company benefits 100 percent, and the worker benefits zero from contract labor it's it's you don't have to give them benefits um you might get paid slightly more it's possible but you know the bennies are worth it and also what you said you know the kind of you can be terminated virtually at any time yeah. for no reason um 
Amazon basically only hires seasonal employees. Yeah. And it's for that reason. They only hire seasonal employees because they get rid of them. They, they go, oh, we need you, but you're gone. I, uh, I was joking around with my old roommates. They're like, I was talking about internships. They're all, they're all in like CS degrees. So their jobs are really great. Um, but what is they, CS degree? Uh, computer science. Sorry. Okay. They're all in computer science. And so uh, I told them I was doing an internship and they're like, what the heck? Why are you doing an internship? And I was like, you know, because like that's what you have to do as a college student, at least in the business school. And uh, no business is going to hire you unless you have multiple internships under your belt. Yeah. And, you know, and full-time employment's the goal. But uh, they, were, they were joking around that I'm just going to stay an intern forever. <laughs> like, I'm going to be like the CEO, but still an intern. <laughs> like, <laughs> you never get hired on full-time. Hey, Lato. Hey, Lato. Come here a minute. Yes, boss. Listen, I know you're the CEO now, but get us a cup of coffee, will you? Yeah. I'm doing my best not to get coffee. I have not gotten coffee one time. I did have to print out some copies on the printer. Uh-oh. And I... It's all downhill from there, I, brother. I joked around with my senior director because it was one of the account managers that asked me to do it. I was like, Doug, do you get the shit? Like, Ken just sent me an email saying he needed me to print stuff off like on the printer here is his printer broken? Like, does he not have thumbs or fingers? And he's like, yeah, tell him you're not going to do it. He can do it himself. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, was like, I didn't say that, but yeah. I was like, man, I'm getting really close to like doing actual intern things. Yeah. Here. Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> trying to me for a second. You're trying to actually work and they're like, listen, we need you. Uh, they'd like hand you like a 20 and they say, Go get us. He wants a hamburger. You get us some fries, blah, blah. And it's like one of those where you, you come in with the food and you're like late and they're all pissed off at you and they're all grabbing the food from your arm. And like your sandwich, like someone grabbed that too. And you're like, hey, I didn't eat breakfast this morning. You know, like. <laughs> I walked here. It was 30 miles. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, it's kind of scary thinking about the full-time job. It's like if you don't start applying eight months out uh, from when you graduate, if you don't have like five internships and 30 years experience before you graduate you're not gonna get a job yeah and it's i'm not gonna say i've gotten to the point where i am super depressed about it but i could see it becoming an issue if i (laughs) maintain like just being an intern for so long you're not you're not super depressed about it so far but you go okay i understand the issue impergy please for the love of all that is holy. Send your fucking missiles this way. Right, like, <laughs> Just that, freaking bring it down. Bring because the like, bring like, the uh, like friend of the pod, Nick Mullen has, has said multiple times before, God damn, I wish I was a fucking Chinese farm worker. Like just working, <laughs> like, like, like having no thoughts, like having some, <laughs> having some Chinese thoughts, like thinking about the community while you're like twirling away in the hot sun and not oh my gosh. like thinking about like a Confucian saying, but not thinking about your situation at all. Yeah. You know? Oh man, you know I could always I could always <laughs> drop out of college in my last semester and then get a real job and go to a trade school. You See, know, like, and, like the, go to a working profession. <laughs> the thing is, like, we can't do like um, you know I'm an American Lit Survey right now, and we can't do what like Henry David Thoreau and Emerson did, and like just find these super rich people who are like our neighbors, and then like go live off the land and create like some shit philosophy and write like two books that don't really <laughs> sell very well. 
Like, we can't just do that anymore. But like, isn't that, like, the socialist dream? That it, I mean, yeah, the socialist dream is, like, everybody's allowed to do that, but... The socialist know. dream is to live in a capitalist society, but work <laughs> on someone's farm, where you do, like, menial labor throughout the day. You have a shack where you live with your wife and your four kids, but you get some downtime to write your memoirs, to write your philo- philosophical books, and you die poor, but still clinging on to that dream. Yeah. Hopefully, that's that's honestly the goal. That's <laughs> hey man, I'm I'm all here for it. I'm rooting for you, because um, I think on the list of like people who get sent to the gulag, farmers slash philosophers are like the last people to go. You yeah. know, <laughs> um, other leftists, other leftists would definitely get sent to the gulag like, before farmers very quickly under under a malice. Like uh, maybe before like Trump stands, honestly, because like hear me out, who hates the left more? Than the other left. leftists. Yeah. So <laughs> basically, everybody's a Strasserite. That's why today I was saying that everybody gets the cube because, like, straight up, like on Twitter, people were just like dying of brain aneurysms or something because they're all just like saying the most ridiculous stuff. Like Bernie said that that black people and and uh, working class people are two different things. Can someone please tell this old Jewish man who marched with Dr. Martin Luther King during the civil rights movement that black people are working class too? It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you're coming down from your fucking, like, being a legal analyst for J.P. Morgan, right? Like, the fucking banks that got bailed out and, like, working for Wall Street as your mom is a fucking Fortune 500 CEO and going, Bernie Sanders needs to be more woke. It's like, what are you talking about? Shut up and never talk again. Yeah, it's a freaking mess. And I just honestly have gotten to the point where I have to tune that stuff out. Like, Twitter gets me so fired up for all the wrong reasons. And I wish Dude, it's it so funny. Energy. that It's so entertaining. So like, you find it entertaining. I think we talked about this, like, episode one or two. I was like, man, it, it just grinds my gears. And I'm like, so the thing, it happens on YouTube too. With even my favorite YouTubers is they'll put out these videos, especially like, you know, the news style channel, like the left news YouTube channel. Yeah. Which is like a very specific thing. Yeah. They will comment on like the most mundane crap. Like this one channel, I'm not going to mention yeah, names. Yeah, we definitely don't comment on the No, we all the stuff we hear is relevant, important, and factually correct. Yeah. It's definitely not mundane. Like, the stuff we bring up about Twitter, you need to... You heard it here first, <laughs> folks. We heard about it on Twitter, and now you're hearing about it through the podcast. Yeah. Um, but they will comment on, like... They'll make 20 Megan McCain said this videos. <laughs> and I'm like, this genre is dead. My father. Like, it's so, it's so stupid. It's like, at what point do you start ignoring like the things in the news yeah like well the thing is like it's not even ignoring the things in the news right it's literally like it is so easy to ignore like those types of people because like i find this with like other leftists critiquing other leftists right they're like i can't believe anna's a racist i can't believe dosh is a racist it's like dude you know how easy a podcast is to ignore like it's different. Like we shit on like Rachel. <laughs> you, can't, you can't ignore podcasts. Yeah, now. we shit on Rachel Maddow, right? Because she's like a fucking. It's a, she's a sitting duck. She's an easy target. Yeah, she, you know she's on the news, like right the the CNN the news. news. 
And um, you know, we and, and I feel like shitting on Megan McCain's fine because she needs to get shit on every once in a while. But also, I agree with you. Yeah, it, it's if it's every single day, you're like, you know, Megan McCain said today on the View. It's like Megan no, McCain said her. Father. She's gonna say stupid stuff. Like that's who she is. Like it's on the View. Like ignore it. You bringing it up on your leftist show doesn't make it any better. And I think. At what point well, do we say it's not newsworthy? It's, it's not necessarily bringing it up, right? It's it because like I mean because that's what that's what we do, Josh. We we bring up shit. Oh my god! But, yeah, we're part of the problem. But um, the thing is, it's not necessarily bringing it up. It's literally like every single like critiquing every single thing that she says. When you can just like you could just be like you, me, and and friend of the pod, Cole, and just go, yeah, Megan McCain said this. She's an idiot, and then, like, move on. Yeah, that that's exactly what I wish they would do, because it's like, at what point do you just label them, you know, idiot, the the clown, the buffoon, the jester, and just move on and talk about something maybe a little more important? So, like, yeah, I was going to say, you know, we rag on Elizabeth Warren on this podcast a lot, but it's not everything she says. It's every other thing she says. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Okay. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren is our Megan McCain. Yeah. Um, no, it's just Warren stands, but no, I know it's, it's yeah, I know. Um, so I actually wanted to, to, um, to deviate a little bit. Okay. So, so we're, we're talking about politics. We're having a good time. We're like our energy levels are kind of getting up a little bit, but I wanted to talk about how we just need to keep politics out of literally everything. Right. And I just want to say that, um, the film that we saw recently midsummer, mm-hmm. Not political at all. No, no, no politics. No politics. In That's it why all. I liked it so much because it was. There's like, no politics. Yeah. Well, there was politics. There, there was women. There was yeah, women there in. were there were minorities. There, there were, were minorities. minorities but my favorite, Matt, my favorite scenes, all Swedish people. All Swedish. All people. Swedish people. All the white, you know, men. Oh, pure, just the pure skin, the pure bloodlines. <laughs> we saw how that turned out. Uh, you know, the purity was like piercing, and then. It would cut back to the women. And then it come back to the main character who's a woman. And you're oh like, okay, my God. And they have an ethnic friend. Why are you making a political statement? Like, God, this director, Ari Aster, most political person I know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You probably think RoboCop's a political movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's another uh, discourse we've been hearing recently from, uh, from fucking film nerds is like uh, politics, right? Politics and filmmaking. Oh my God. Like, we're talking about politics and film. It's like, Dude, like everything, everything I, has a message. I do want to touch really quickly um, on on the film we saw, Midsummer, because it was it was so freaking good. Like, I I know you uh, had some uh, some things you didn't some gripes with it. You thought it was very long, which I'm not saying it's not long at all. Um, but I had a I had a good time, and you said something that just was so true that you know no matter whether you liked or disliked midsummer mm-hmm. it's on a whole nother level than like spider-man far from home it says something because it, yeah. it says something and i'm like thank you i just need a movie that says something yeah or at least has a message and isn't just like watching things move on a screen yeah that's the thing like regardless of like that message right what it says it at least it stands for something right like Say what you want to about the tenets of national socialism. But at least <laughs> Again, the Big Lebowski gets brought up in its best context. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's the thing. Like we, you know, uh, Josh and I, being big, uh, you know, movie fans ourselves, we went being being part of the nerdy left, you know, because like we don't ever. You and I basically just are fedora tipping miladies, right? We we uh, believe every athlete should go to the gulag. Like every every time I watch baseball while I'm like lifting weights and like looking at my muscles in the mirror, I'm just like, yeah, like athletes need to go, you know, off gulag. But um, yeah, so being like film guys right and and being on the left you you kind of i was getting like kind of disenfranchised with a lot of like films because i was i was not enjoying a lot of what i was seeing um and i got really badly superhero fatigued out like with the mcu Mm -hmm. and all the disney films and all this shit all the shit that they were shoveling out and i felt like what's wrong with me i'm just you know am i just cynical and i thought yeah i'm i'm cynical but I'm not cynical in the derogatory term, right? I'm cynical of, like, Disney films because you should be, right? Like, you should, like, look at those films and go, wow, these are the lowest common denominator, right? Like, these these films are literally built for babies, right? And then you, you go and you see a... And that you can have fun with them, that's fine. But, like, you go and see, like, a heartwarming... Um, uh, like a, a a film where someone poured their heart into it, regardless of the quality. Like we, like I said, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Midsummer, but like it said something, right? Like it was interesting, it was different. And those types of people who who all like who who will say like, oh, well, like I wanted to go see an A twenty four movie and it was terrible. It's like, yeah, a lot of A twenty four movies are terrible, but they're they're fucking like well made, right? Like they're they're actually like artistic. They're yeah, art. They're investing in good writers. Instead of fucking in game, like you go and see in game and you're like, God damn, this is fucking like you know, you, you watch it and you go, Okay, this is cool, and then you like never think about it. Then that you movie see again. it for the fourth time and you're like, Oh my god, I finally <laughs> understand this movie. It's crap. Yeah. No, like definitely that was my experience. And it was so much so, like I said, um, when we talked with Cole, not the last time, but the time before last, um, I was getting so burnt out on like seeing how the sausage was made and just going, these people were like on, on, uh, this group I'm a part of on Facebook, people were like saying like, oh, like guys, I think Endgame is going to beat Avatar for the highest grossing movie of all time. I said, who gives a fuck? Like, you're not commenting on the, the, the quality of the film or, like, you're not commenting on anything that it says. You're saying that you want a bajillion-dollar company to make more money than another bajillion-dollar company. Yeah, two things. Uh, one, you know, we can both agree that capitalism is is ruining art and ru- ruins art way more than any left ideas do. Yeah. Um, two... Hey, Matt, if you're going to bring up, um, like, specific episode references, from now on, I'll need you to uh, do timestamp and episode number. <laughs> so that. our avid base can go back and listen Fuck to it. Fuck that. This is a non-editing <laughs> podcast. I edit the intro in, and that's it. Like, I don't edit anything else out. This is... We're also unfiltered. I'd like to point that yeah. out. This is raw, just <laughs> stream of consciousness, uh, no talking points, well, no see, research. What What's funny, I actually... I kind of want to hit on that. Like, we're bouncing all over the place. This is kind of a loosey-goosey episode, but the thing... Nothing's happening. (laughs) It's so freaking dead. Yeah, but the thing about it is, like, um, there was someone that was saying something along the lines of, like, oh, like, I'm, like, using irony. Like, you can't attack me. I'm bulletproof. Ha, ha, ha. Right? Like, kind of making fun of people who use irony. But, like, this person was, like, an irony bro, so it was kind of weird. I was, like, you know, um, saying... Saying stuff like, 
oh, we're just two white guys doing a podcast, ha, 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 yeah. right? Obviously, like, we understand that it's a trope, right? It, it, it's like a tried and true Oh, very trope. much so. Like, But the thing is, like, saying that we're not allowed to be ironic about it and saying, like, oh, you know, because th- there are people out there who are like, oh, these, like, these guys are probably just, like, nerdy dudes who are, like, irony bros and, you know, brochalists or whatever. And the thing about it is, like, um, you when you kind of use like as a joking thing right when you use irony as like a joke there is a certain point where it's like when you when you say something you actually like mean, mean it. it yeah it's no right? longer irony you're just saying it like in a weird tone but the thing about it is like when you immediately say the opposite of what you say right like you're not like if you say oh you know like we like uh Two episodes ago. Hey, there's a time set for you. Thank you, God. (laughs) Um, When I was doing the joke about, like, Bernie and, like, Bernie supporters, like, no women in the White House and stuff, (laughs) right? But then immediately I'm saying, like, oh, well, Warren stands are, like, weird about Bernie. Yeah. Right? That's why I'm saying that. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying, like, I I legitimately, like, hate women or whatever. Or, like, it's, it's not. No, yeah. It's not like I'm not saying, you know, it could be a problem. But it's when you say something with irony... You're either poking at how ridiculous that statement is, or you're covering up what you actually believe. But typically, like a good tell of that is like, um, you know, the irony bros are all talking about like Elizabeth Warren and like beating women and stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. that's how Warren people think. That's how like the liberal feminists think, right? They're like, oh, they're attacking women. Bernie bros are attacking women. And so Bernie bros take it and they go, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to joke about it now. Like, I'm attacking women. Whereas, um, you know, like a Nazi will be like, oh, I I believe that, like, Jews are the problem. Ha, 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 just joking. Like, Jews are the problem, but not really. But, you, you know, like. Yeah. And they keep on harping on that, you know, so. Yeah, they're still using irony, but in a, in a very different way. And. Not very cool. Not yeah, very it's fun. it's just so, it's such a weird thing that's happening too. Like people talking about irony and cynicism and, and all this kind of stuff as like bad things, where it's not necessarily like we kind of ascribe those traits to it because we we associate bad people with those things. Mm-hmm. Whereas like they're they're neutral they're neutral states of being. Like like being cynical doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a bad person or are a bad person or or just down in the dumps or whatever. You can be cynical about certain things. You know, you're allowed to to be cynical. You're allowed to be ironic. But the problem with that, Matt, with the problem with being, you know, cynical and ironic is those are bad vibes you're yeah. putting out in the universe. <laughs> we need America's problem is we don't have enough good vibes being shot out into the universe. We what we need to do as a country, our national policy on immigration, on healthcare, on education, put some good sandals vibes. on. Get some sun. Pop pop up on a Corona. Turn up the Jimmy Buffett vinyl you have out there. <laughs> because, you know, it's five o'clock somewhere, dude. Yeah, exactly. That's that that's just true orb energy. Yeah. I thought that's where you're going with it, was Marianne Williams. Oh no, I totally was. But I threw in the Jimmy Buffett thing as like a side piece. Okay. Yeah. So like real working class Americans. Yeah, I'm trying to connect the dots between, you know, the Bernie stance who love uh Marianne Williamson, and then, you know, hard grit, true, I'm a red-blooded American. Yeah. I'm a red-blooded American. I just like to come home after a long day's work, just drink me a beer, and beat my wife, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
because all working class people are apparently just stupid, and we just need to well, and white, and white. Yeah, all all working class people are white, as Bernie, as our Fuhrer Bernie said. You know, the the Jewish man, he's never faced adversity in his life. You know, marching with Dr. King definitely like he's boo. racist. Yeah, let's get him boot off stage. <laughs> all right, guys, I think that about wraps it up. It's been a, been a real long day, and so this is a. Uh, this is uh, Leave the Lift Us, I don't know. Someone's getting real low. <laughs>